0: Hey, everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit RiverCC.com. or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. We're continuing a series on prayer, and I'm grateful for Bobby uh, preaching for me last week. I got a chance to listen to his sermon, and and uh, it's fun to hear how prayer is our invitation for God's participation in our situation. Amen. And I love to give him a hard time about that, but he, how he pops those rhymes off like that, uh, I don't know. I but uh, we we love. And, uh, giving each other a hard time, but also partnering in in ministry. It's great to partner with other churches and just a reminder for us that our teammates are all the churches that are following Jesus Christ in the city. They are not our competition. Our competition is the devil that wants to steal, kill, and destroy our families. Amen? All right. So I'm glad Bobby could come because, you know, he's much older and wiser than me about at least nine months. And so I uh, really appreciate him being willing to do that. So uh, if you got your listening guide, you can pull those out today. We're talking about breakthrough prayer. And breakthrough prayer is is when you got nothing else. When When there's nothing else that can help you, you need a breakthrough prayer. When you can't control the situation, you need breakthrough prayer. And I believe God wants to give us breakthrough prayers in our life. Now, as we look at this today, uh, I understand that people are going through different things, different seasons, and and we'll look at that as well as we go through. But to start with, let's look at James chapter five. Uh, James chapter five, we're going to look at verses 16 to 18. Uh, As James gives a lot of instruction on prayer, Jesus, of course, tells a lot of stories on prayer. We're going to, we're going to be dwelling in those two areas today. In James chapter 5, starting verse 16, James says, "...confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed." The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human, as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years." Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Now, James wrote this in the early season of Christianity when they had nothing. They had no money. They had no power. They had no buildings. Matter of fact, I got to go to a city called Ephesus, and Ephesus is one of the earliest places the the gospel went to outside of Israel. And Ephesus today, they've un. They've uncovered the, the ruins of Ephesus, and it's pretty amazing. If you ever get a chance to go, I highly encourage you. They've got an amphitheater that seats 15,000 people, and from the bottom of the amphitheater, you can literally speak, and the people up top can hear you really well. Well, one of the things they uncovered was a Christian church from the 4th or 5th century. They're not sure exactly when, and it was every bit as large as this one right here. It was huge, the, the pieces that they had there. And uh, one of the things that was encouraging to me was seeing the baptistry. So I, I took a picture. If you can tell that picture of the baptistry up there, it was interesting. What they did was they dug a hole in the ground, and uh, you walk down on one side, and, and uh, they fill that up with water, and they baptize you. You go under, and then you walk out the other side as a testimony of a new life in Christ Jesus. And so that was just really cool to me to get to see firsthand what the early church did without power, without finances, but they did that through the power of prayer. And just as James is speaking to them, that they can have power of prayer. I believe you and I can have power through prayer today. Not power that pats ourselves on the back. Not power that advances our agenda, but power through prayer that advances God's agenda through us. And so that's that's the big shift that we've got to understand. Now in James, we see a couple of things that he tells us to start with. How it's the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person is powerful. And effective. So we're going to, we're going to dive into that and see what it looks like to be powerful and effective prayer warriors so that maybe one day the Lord might tell you it's time to pray for no rain and it's going to last no rain for three years. How would you like to do that? I mean, it might be great for your golf game, but your ass will wither, right? That was a special time for a special moment. But all of us have things that we need to pray. And believe God for victory and and, and ask if He would do that in and through us. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to speak to us this morning. Lord, I just come before you and I just pray that right now you would speak mightily into our hearts. God, some folks are coming with some really deep needs that they need to hear how you want to hear their prayers. Lord, others are coming with a lot of junk and sin that's keeping them from praying and keeping them from getting real with you. And Lord, they need freedom. They need victory. So Lord, I want to come and I want to stand in the gap for those that are here. Lord, I want to ask that your Holy Spirit would set down upon us and, and that you would speak into each one of us, myself included, Lord, about the things that we need to do. And then, Lord, that you just ooze your love all over us, God, that we'd walk out of here knowing you love us and knowing you here. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as we're talking about breakthrough prayers, the first thing in breakthrough prayer is it starts with transparency. It starts with you getting real with God. Quit trying to play church quit trying to play Christian, but really getting real with God. And here's what's funny. Does God not know everything about us anyway? So why do we come to him and try to put on this facade where we try to look good in our prayer time? And and yet it's a temptation for me, just like it is anybody else, to kind of just shellack over the prayer and just pray a prayer that really doesn't mean anything because God wants to get deep inside He wants us to have a heart relationship with Him. To do that, we've got to be transparent and real. Look at Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. This is a story that Jesus told. And uh, again, I love Jesus' stories because they really help us understand uh, prayer in a very practical way because Jesus wanted us to understand it. So Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. I'm gonna give you a second. I hear the pages rustling. That's like warms the cockles of my heart. Uh, And it's cool too if you're on the phone looking it up. That's great. Okay, Luke 18, 9 to 14 says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, that's a religious leader at the time, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So if you want to get victory in your prayers, the first thing you got to do is you got to realize you don't fake it. It's not about praying this really superfluous, big worded prayer that God's going to hear. And it's not about praying in your life group or in public so that people pat you on the back and go, wow, that was really a pretty prayer, pastor. It's not so that other people think more of you. It's so that you can connect with God in a real and tangible way now as you pray yes you should pray in public you should pray in your life groups you should pray in different situations it's not that you shouldn't pray out loud but when you do are you praying with the right heart are you praying with a genuine desire to connect with god that's what he desires for us you had two examples now uh, a key teaching, and as you read the New Testament, I want you to understand this uh, a key Hebrew form of communication was exaggeration. It was used when they wanted to emphasize a point. So when Jesus said, If your right hand sins, cut it off, your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out when he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Those are things he's exaggerating to make a point, okay? So in this, he's exaggerating to make a point. He's trying to help us see that this one Pharisee was uber-religious and extra-fake and this one person, the person he picked was a tax collector who they despised. Even even the disciples despised him because they collected taxes. And so, so they despised him. They saw him as a traitor. And so Jesus elevates the one that they would think he would criticize, and he calls out the one people would think would be religious, Right? Okay, so as he does that, he's leading us to understand that we're called to transparency, to not try to be religious. Now, I don't know if you've ever wrestled with this in certain opportunities, maybe in environments where everyone around you is a Christian and you, you feel the need to be religious. I want to tell you to rebuke that that the goal is to have a heart faith that is real and genuine. Now, I learned this early on when God had to rebuke me. I was a part of a church that I got saved in, and on Wednesday nights, we would have a a prayer meeting. And in the prayer meeting, there would come a time where they called it popcorn prayers, where like they would present the prayer request to everybody, and then they would invite people, bow their heads, and then different people would would stand up and, and pray for the prayer needs. And as I started going, I started noticing, man, they they like to amen a good prayer. You know, and 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 the more, more excited you get in your prayer, it seemed like, the more amens you got. And I noticed that Brother Hoffman, he usually got between nine and 12 prayers. He was killing it. Sister O'Connell, she was getting about five to six prayers. She was doing good. And there was a couple of guys there. They must have been newbies because they're only getting one or two. And so I decided to try my luck, and being the competitive person that I was, I was shooting for more than Brother Hoffman's amens, you know. And I started praying. I'm praying, and I'm praying so that people would amen me, not so that I could connect with God. I don't remember how many amens I got that night, but I remember this. The Lord rebuked me that my purpose in prayer was not to be a fake So other people applauded me and bragged on my fancy prayer. My responsibility was to pray from the heart and stand in the gap for others. So the first thing in this breakthrough prayer is God wants you to get real. That's why I I really like the fact that we've been able to open up the altar and at the end of each service, give you a chance to come forward there's something powerful. And for those watching online each Sunday, we want to give you the opportunity to connect with Pastor Andrew, our online pastor, and, and share with him the struggles and invite him to pray over you. And we invite you here to come forward. And and on this side each week, we invite you to come and pray and pour your requests out to God. And over here, we invite you to come and have someone pray over you. We want to help you to get real with your prayers and connect with God in a genuine way. Not just to throw up a three-minute prayer on your way out the door, but to truly connect with Him and let Him work in your life and move in your life. Well, that's what a breakthrough prayer is, is when we get real and we bring these prayer requests before God in a genuine way. Now, second thing I want you to see is a breakthrough prayer requires repentance. One of the things you see over and over again is we have to get our hearts right before God. Uh, Isaiah 59, too, it's not on your listening God, but it says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. Have you ever had like a, a broken relationship with somebody, but you had to be around them all the time? Let's say a coworker, you know, where like they've said something, they, they stabbed you in the back. Maybe they took the promotion by lying about you and you still have to go every day and see them. You ever had a family member maybe that caused a ruckus in the family and you know you're going to see them at Christmas or, or Thanksgiving and you're just dreading that moment of being with them and trying to pretend like nothing ever happened. You know that, that, that angst that's there? Is that, am I making sense? Okay. It, it's the same thing when, when we come before God and we're trying to fake it to God. When we know that over the weekend we, drank too much and got a little too crazy. We know over the week we got a little snarky with someone and sarcastic and treated them like garbage. We know that, that we are selfish in the way we're treating our spouses or our neighbor. We know that we were a little too aggressive and argumentative, it's the way we spoke to that, that uh, call person that's trying to sell you a warranty to your car, right? Am I getting close to home there, amen? All right. We know, and in that moment, we can try to glaze over and go, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so is. Or we can get real with God and we can repent and ask forgiveness for what we've done. Forgiveness brings freedom. Cover-up brings shame. Repentance will set you free for a fresh start. Lies and deception will keep you trapped and in bondage. And so in prayer, God wants us to come before him, not just once a month during Lord's Supper and examine ourselves, but he wants us to examine ourselves each time to call out to him and to get real. This person, this task collector, said he beat his breast and said, forgive me, Father, for I am a sinner. I do believe that we wrestle in our culture with just kind of glossing over our sins and calling them new names, like little white lie. You know, I didn't tell a big lie. I just told a little white lie. I just exaggerated the truth. No, you, that was, so you clearly lied. I was just exaggerating the truth. And, And we can, we can do that. And what that does, it separates us. Now, I will tell you that the quicker you learn how to repent and turn away from your sin, the quicker God can restore not just relationship with him, but relationship with others. And so my wife and I, we, we've had a great journey of growing together spiritually and learning how to ask forgiveness from each other. But just yesterday, we got home. And we're getting, I was working and my wife is bringing the groceries in and I'm doing something. She's like, Hey, can you get those groceries out of the car? And I was like, well, I am doing something. My first response wanted to be no, but I know that's not the right thing for a good husband to do. Right. So I sat down what I was doing. I went and got the groceries and came inside. And, and then, uh, she reminded me of something and I just responded with a real snarky negative comment, like, rawr, 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 rawr. And I walked away and thought to myself, yeah, she shouldn't have started that. I, I got my word in. <laughs> yeah. You know that goes right, guys? Okay. So I'm trying not to apologize because I'm stubborn, even though I know that I stepped out of line and was snarky and ugly in what I said. And so I started having to work on my sermon I see, my wife's got an advantage. A lot of you ladies don't have that is like, I gotta get right with Jesus at least once a week. <laughs> and so I started look, I start praying for what the Lord wants me to share. And I I'm going on my sermon, and it's like, repent. And I'm thinking that that I'm gonna preach on that tomorrow, Lord. Yeah, that's good. And the Lord's like, how about starting today? <laughs> and I'm like, well, Lord, and then I started trying to justify. I don't I I don't know why I have such a hard time admitting when I'm the problem, but I do. And so I'm like, well, Lord, you know, she could have been nicer about this. Lord's like, just shut up and go apologize, you know? And I I did. And when you do, it's amazing. It's like there's not that little, eh, anymore, right? You know what I'm saying? Kids, teenagers, have you disrespected your parents? Do you need to go and apologize and quit pretending like you haven't? Parents, have you expressed and yelled at your kids and need to apologize because you took it out on them, maybe the bad day that you had at work? Siblings, is there something that happened when you're like seven and you're still carrying that bitterness and you need to ask forgiveness for your part and move on? Spouses, did something happen yesterday over the weekend that you were snarky and sarcastic and, and negative that you need to go and say, listen, hey, I... I need to ask forgiveness, and here's how this works: Don't focus on what their issue was. Don't say, "Well, hey, I need to ask. You. I'm sorry for the fact that I got mad when you were a real jerk to me." You know that, that's not repentance, okay? That's let me get one more one more slug in, and uh, me feel better about myself. So whatever that is, you need to confess that to the Lord. And if there's somebody you've harmed with your words or your actions. You need to confess it to them. That is when you get freedom. That's when you begin to have breakthrough prayer. That's when you begin to have these moments with God that, that like the windows of heaven are open up and the joy of forgiveness and grace and mercy can spread out of you to those around you. And so in this that story, the tax collector got it. The preacher, the Pharisee, didn't. And Jesus said, the tax collector walked away forgiven, right, and free. I believe God wants all of us to be free. I believe God wants all of us to be in that right relationship with God. And if we want that breakthrough, we have to confess the garbage that's there that we can move forward in doing so. Well, the third thing is never give up. Never give up. Write that down, never give up. God gives four answers to prayers. Yes, that's usually our favorite, right? Lord, I pray that you give me this new job, it's gonna pay more money, it's gonna be exactly what I've been working for all my life, I pray you give me that job. I got the job, yes, thank you God for providing me that job. But sometimes the answer is no. Guess what? There might be 12 other people praying for that same job, right? And unless the company calls and says, hey, we invented 12 jobs because we had 12 people apply. Never heard of that happening before. But, hey, God does miracles. So unless he does that, somebody's going to be disappointed that they get a no on their prayer, right? So there's yes, there's no, there's wait. Sometimes we're praying for something the Lord's like, wait, you're not ready for that blessing yet. Or wait, you're not ready for that answer yet. Wait, because somebody that you're praying for, they're not ready for it yet. And then the fourth one is, I've got something better. You're praying for that job interview that take that job that you think is the best job in the world. And the Lord is trying to tell you, don't put your application in because I got something better. And all of a sudden, you put that application in, you get the job, you're excited, and then you get the phone call of your dream job that God's been waiting to give you, but you jumped the gun because you weren't willing to wait, believing that he's got something better, okay? So the story Jesus gives us here is in Luke 18, one through eight, and it tells us in verse one, verse one says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them they should always pray and never give up. Now, on this stage this morning, there are names of people that we have prayed for and that you have prayed for and that you're praying that they will find hope in Christ Jesus. These are names that we must pray for and never give up. But I'm sure if I were to go through each one, some of them you've been praying for for 30, 40, 50 years. Some of them are your kids that you're like, oh, Lord, we're praying for this person to return to you. We're praying for victory over drugs. We're praying for victory over sin. And yet it seems like they go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you need a breakthrough. And you're calling their names out. And sometimes you get weary of praying or disappointed and feel like maybe he's just not hearing you. Jesus gives us this story so that we will never give up. Let's look at verse two. There was a judge. Remember I talked about the exaggeration? He's about to use exaggeration again. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. So the worst of the worst kind of judge. Now they would have understood that kind of judge because they were Jews living under Roman authority, and the Romans were all about what they wanted, not about what their Jewish citizens or Jewish slaves desired so they understood unjust judges a widow of that city came to the judge repeatedly saying give me justice in this dispute with my enemy the judge ignored her for a while but finally he said i don't fear god or care about people but this woman is driving me crazy i'm gonna see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith. So again, you have this exaggeration, the worst judge ever compared to the best judge ever. And he's saying, listen, if you ask enough time for the worst judge ever, they may even eventually give up and say yes to you. So how much better if you have the best judge ever and you call out to them, to the Lord, will he answer your prayers because he loves you and he's there for you. And so I wanna challenge you not to give up, although sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes you want to give up. Those those four answers, yes. We love it when we get a yes, right? No, no might be the next best answer you could get. Kinda like that theologian Garth Brooks said, thank God for unanswered prayers, right? You know, okay, he's not a theologian, but it's a great song. But uh, sometimes no is the best answer you can get because that's the wrong path to go down. And when God tells you no, he is protecting you from that wrong path. The weight, the weight is hard. Matter of fact, the weight is probably my least favorite. I kind of prefer to have a no when I'm praying so that I can move on to something else than the wait because that means I've got to keep bringing this before the Lord day in and day out, and he's not giving me my answer. And what happens sometimes for me in the wait is I try to run ahead in God and do his job for him because he's not quick enough for me. You ever do that? You know what I'm saying? So I'll give you an example. I was uh, 23 years old. I was at seminary. And I was praying for a wife. I, I started praying for a wife when I got saved at seventeen. I started praying for God to send me a godly wife. Now, some of you guys may be content in your singleness. That's great. You may have that spiritual gift of singleness and feel like that's where God wants you. That's great. I didn't have that gift. I wanted to be married. I wanted to have kids. Want to have a bunch of kids. I did that. So, so that's what I, that was in my heart. That's what I wanted. And so I began praying for that marriage. And it didn't seem like he was moving fast enough for me. I had a couple of gals that I dated and they didn't work out. And I'm like, Lord, I really want to follow you with a spouse. So about 23, I got tired of waiting on God. And I decided I was going to make a deal with him. Of course, he didn't agree to it, but I made the deal with him. I thought, and that is, Lord, if they're a Christian, I'm just going to ask them out because all they could do is say no. And they did regularly (laughs) and sometimes they said yes and that was worse than the no because they weren't somebody that i was extremely interested in i was just like i gotta find somebody lord they're a christian i'll ask them out and that wasn't going well it was a train wreck after a train wreck and i'm crying out to god going lord I have this desire. It's a desire, you know, like Bobby said, you know, if it's praise of scripture, I'm praying like, Lord, you said it's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for me to be alone. I'm praying for a wife. But what I realized is God had to be working on me to become a man of God. There would be a good husband. And so in that moment, I prayed and said, okay, Lord. I was 23. I said, Lord, I will not, I will not, seek another relationship unless you drop somebody out of the sky into my lap until I'm 30. I'm just going to put that on the shelf. I'm going to put it on the altar, and I'm going to just understand that you're saying wait for some reason, and I'm going to wait unless you drop somebody in the sky. I'm just going to say, Lord, I'll wait till I'm 30. I just have to figure I'm not mature enough yet. So I started praying that, and, and uh And it was, I don't know, about six months later, my roommate had invited these two friends to come visit us. And they had come to visit us, and I didn't know when they were coming, and he's a goofball, so he didn't remember when they were coming. And he he called me up and says, hey, can you run to the airport? I'm like, what? He said, I've got an exam, and uh, these two gals, Melissa and Rhonda, they're coming, and they're flying in, and I need you to pick them up. So I go to pick them up, and I see Melissa and Rhonda, and of course, my first thought is, hey, they dropped you out of the sky, Lord. I mean, like I pray and you drop. I mean, is that not dropping in out of the sky? Mm, okay, I'm like, okay, Lord, this could be a possibility here, and I'm trying to put it on. I'm trying to put it on hold a little bit, like not get my emotions in, and and so uh, we hang out that week. And I have to admit, Melissa had me smitten pretty good there, my wife. And I'm like, Lord, can I can I just can I just show my affection? Can I ask her out? And after a couple of days, we had a a night where my buddy, he was like the campus minister at Stanford University, and so he had a movie night for the folks, and so we go to this movie night, and my normal Steve Taboo, take proactivity and give it all you got, would have just immediately said, hey, Melissa, you want to sit next to me? And as I started to do that, I felt this check in my spirit of of the Lord saying, no, you said you're going to let me do this. I was like, she did drop out of the sky. But it, I was like, okay, not yet, not yet. So I felt this check in my spirit. So I said, okay, Lord, here's what I'll do. I went to the bathroom. I said, Lord, I'll let everybody else sit down. And whatever seat is left, I'll sit there and trust that if you want this to work out, you'll make it work out. So I went to the bathroom. They probably thought I fell in because I was there a while. And I, I, I poked my head out. Okay, everybody's sitting down. And guess what? There were two seats open, one next to my wife, Melissa, and one that was empty, and I was like, okay, well, Lord, I, there's only two left. One's next to her. And I felt this check in my spirit, like, don't, don't force this. And I'm like, okay. So I went to sit in the one that was open, not next to her, and there was this pair of socks there. <laughs> kind of odd. And I was like, uh, I asked the person next to me, I was like, uh, there's a pair of socks here. Is this seat saved? He said, yes. I was like, yes. Thank you, Jesus. I went and sat next to my my wife today, and felt like the Lord said, "Okay, now you're ready." And uh, we had our first date February 11th, got engaged April, got married in June, and I've never doubted because I believe God showed me she was the answer to my prayers. Until then, there was always this tension and stress, like is she the one? Is she not? I just want to encourage you. If you will wait for God's best, I know it's hard. Now, I'm not saying don't put yourself in situations. I mean, if you're praying for a spouse, you need to be around other single people. Start serving in church. Try to serve where single people are serving too. Right? Start volunteering at a local organization. Put yourself in a place that you can be around people that that are also godly. They're also Seeking marriage maybe your your prayers for a job change are you putting your applications out there? Have you asked the Lord where He might want you? Maybe it's not about your job. Maybe it's about a career change because he's got something different for you out there. Maybe God's been calling you to pastor or, or be a missionary or to be an evangelist or, or to, to totally begin to serve him full-time and you've been going, Ah, oh, no, Lord, Lord, that can't be you because I'm, I've got a past or I'm disqualified or I've got this or I've got that. I want to say to you, open your ears and let the Lord speak. Be open to what he's saying. If you want to break through prayer, you got to put it all on the altar. And you say, God, not your will be done, but mine. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. And I'm going to trust you with the results. Are you willing to do that this morning? Are you willing to trust him? Because I believe that's what it takes for a breakthrough prayer. Now, I wanna wrap up with this. It's been a hard season for everybody. I've lost people that I love to COVID. We've lost people in our church to COVID. We've had more deaths, all of us, probably than any other time in our lives. And this week alone, We had someone in our church that passed away that we had prayed for fervently. We had called it out. We had asked for it. And honestly, I almost threw this whole sermon out the window. I was praying about just doing something totally different because I'm I'm hurt that God didn't answer the prayer the way I wanted it. Just being transparent with you. Because I wanted healing. His family wanted healing. And I don't always understand why God gives me a no. And I don't like it. One of my best friends, Jeff Davidson, he had more people praying for him all over the country, praying for him to recover, leading a special needs ministry. Dedicating his life that, that families with special needs could find hope and joy. And God didn't choose to heal him on this side of heaven. He died in his 40s. I was there with him in that moment. I was, I, I was pretty angry with God for a while over that one. here's all I can tell you guys and it's Jeff Davidson's quote when I don't understand God's answer I can still trust his love and character and so I'm pretty sure in this room that there are people that you pray to break through prayer and you said, Lord, I want what you want, but I want this to happen. And you, your heart was right. And you cried out to the Lord and you sought him for that healing or you sought him for that, that marriage or you sought him for that reconciliation of your marriage. You, you cried out with everything you had and the answer was no. And maybe it wasn't his no. Maybe it was because somebody else, the other person was defiant and not listening. But I believe God's the only one that holds power over life and death. And so maybe you prayed for a child and that child died. Maybe you prayed for the birth of a child and it never took place. I I don't know what that deep hurt is, but I just felt like today our invitation, our invitation is going to be for you to come and cry out before the Lord and ask for some victory and healing. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, to stand with me. The right side over here. We'll have people, if you come and kneel over here in prayer, we'll have somebody pray with you for whatever it is that you're wanting to call out before the Lord. Disappointed nose, disappointment and hurt, wondering why God chose not to answer the prayer the way you felt it would be best to be answered. On the right side over here, I want to invite you to come and and pray and have someone pray with you. On my left side over here, maybe you need to come and just get some stuff right with Jesus. Maybe you need to call your children's names out before the Lord. Maybe you need to pray and just just pour your heart out to the Lord, but you really just want to do that by yourself. That's what this left side over here is for. So if someone comes over there and prays, just know nobody's going to come pray with you, and that's okay. You're just going to call out to the Lord. Over here, someone's going to pray with you. And encourage you. And then we we have the prayer room in the back. Maybe you need a little more time. Maybe you just need to really just take some time and just have somebody just listen for a while in confidence and in consideration and love. You can go back to the prayer room and have someone pray with you back there. I'll be up front in the middle because I always want to extend an invitation for those who might want to give their heart and sold to jesus for the first time there has to be a first time for all of us the first time that we say yes jesus i'm all in and if you've never done that i want to help you understand what that looks like hey everyone thanks so much for listening today if you were encouraged by this podcast then we want to encourage you to like follow rate us on whatever platform that you are listening to If you want more information about the church and things going on, visit therivercc.com or download our app. Again, thank you so much for listening to the River Community Church Podcast.